Hockey fans, are you ready to brave the wild? With me, your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Brave the Wild is available on all of your favorite podcasting apps and also on the Hockey Podcast Network, THPN. Thank you, Dylan and Kyle, for having me on board there. Really appreciate it very much. Thank you once and always for downloading and listening to the show. It is a great pleasure to be back on board with you once again today. Yeah, I'm back on a Thursday again. So when are we going to start doing lawn cleanups? I don't know, but this probably most likely 90% chance, depending on if it's maybe raining next Thursday, I will <laughs> be, this, the schedule will become much more sporadic and random because uh, spring cleanups, that's my second job or lawn service is it's got to be starting at some point. It's almost May now. So it's been put off long enough due to this and due to that. So just giving you an update on that. So again, unfortunately the wild season might not be a whole lot longer things look so promising things look so good we all felt like a million dollars five to one win over the dallas stars and of course there's kind of like late empty net and all that some kind of making the score look a little prettier down the stretch but the wild looked like they were actually scoring on oninger uh a, a complete game off uh, offense defense power play penalty kill all that cool stuff gustafson back in the net everything felt like so good uh Maybe Dean Everson's actually pushing the right buttons for once. I know, I'm just kidding. I, I kind of like him, and yet I got something to talk about coming up very shortly. I think we all do. All of us Minnesota Wild podcasters have something to say about that. <sighs> Five to one. Five to one win. Five to one win. Felt so good. And then game four happened. <laughs> and all that. Uh, game four happened, and things started to take a turn, and the Wilds were not finishing when they had opportunities. They were not taking the golden opportunities given to them, and yes, this has been brought up at nauseum locally, but I'll bring it up here as well, and I was thinking the same thing, Just and of course, all of us probably were, all of us that have been around long enough. The Wilds have never taken a 3-1 to one lead in a series, ever, and then of course we didn't. Of course we didn't, and the next thing you know, uh, you just knew this was going to happen. You head back to Dallas. You head back to Dallas, and then it's just a, a shellacking. You lose 4 nothing. Like It's like a no-show. It's garbage. It's poo. And you go from up 2-1 to one in what looks so promising and a great opportunity, golden opportunity, to possibly go up 3-1, to one, which, of course, didn't happen. And now you're down 3-2, to two, season on the line. We've been here before. The Colorado Avalanche looked like they were going to beat us. They were going to knock us down, and we were going to end up uh, losing that series back in 2015. 14, pardon me. They took a 3-2 to two lead. And the Wild made a nice comeback, winning Game 6, and then the beautiful, crazy, scary as, scary as hell Game 7, where the Wild never led until the, the final score uh, and, and all that. Hopefully hopefully it's a similar outcome here, but I don't see it at the moment. In fact, this could be over as soon as tonight at the end of the day. Um, so the Wild now trail the series, of course, three games to two. Here we go. Oh, what? Come, come on! Quite simply, the season's on the line. It, that's all there is to say. Season's on the line, and you got to win two games to uh, advance. Dallas simply has to win one. I think you already figured that out. So, good for you, and good for us, and all that. Uh, should I bring this up now? Should I bring it up later? Maybe I'll just bring it up now. Might as well. Dean Evison's coaching record in the postseason. Now, one thing, he'll, he'll always have a special place in my heart for playing for the Hartford Whalers, but of course, I wasn't watching hockey uh, too closely back then, but uh, with the 90-91 Whalers, so that's about when I really started to become a hockey fan, uh, Dean Evison had 29 points, and then unfortunately after that he went to the Sharks, I guess in the expansion draft, and so on and so forth. Ultimately played with the Stars, 93-94, 94-95, da-da-da, even played with Calgary, that was his final year 
as a player, event, uh, as a player in the NHL anyway, before going overseas. And then ultimately started coaching the Kamloops Blazers of all teams, which is some of our pro, some of our prospects have been. Uh, didn't make the postseason in those years. At least uh, there's no record of it. What the heck? It's not showing it, which is kind of dumb. <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> oh, well, uh, the, the, the Vancouver Giants in 0203. Yeah, the Vancouver Giants in 0203 lost in the first round. Vancouver Giants, this is uh, 0304, lost in second round. Calgary Hitman, he was a co-coach, whatever that counts as. So I guess it counts as, uh, I guess it was two head coaches. They lost in the second round. So Dean Emerson actually got out of the first round twice. Back in um, <clears throat> back in those two years, okay, for Vancouver and Calgary. Calgary Hitman, WHL. Note, and again, make note, these are the juniors. So once we get to the professional level, AHL and eventually NHL with the Wild, Milwaukee Admirals, <laughs> oh, uh, excuse me, 12-13, lost in round one. 13-14, lost in round one. 14-15, out of the playoffs. 15-16, lost in round one. 16-17, lost in round one. 17-18, out of the playoffs. Then he became a wild assistant coach with, uh, you know, uh, Paul Fenton and all that. <sighs> became a head coach, lost in the qualifying round, so didn't even make it to round one. Uh, 2021, lost in round one. 2022, lost in round one. Do you notice a trend? Do you notice a trend? Do you notice a trend? <laughs> yeah. Dean Evison is has no success in the playoffs. Zero. So, except for, I guess, the WHL 20 years ago. 20 years ago. He won in, in the first round. He advanced past the first round 20 years ago, or 19, 19 and 18 years ago, respectfully. Got past the first round. And one of those, he was a co-coach, whatever that means. So it'd be like Dean Everson and Bruce Boudreaux coaching together for some reason. But obviously that wasn't what really was happening. Um, incredibly poor playoff record. In fact, zero success. As um, John Krasinski may have said about the Timberwolves, he could add this to the uh, to Dean Evison's coaching record in the playoffs. What success have you had? I wish I still had that soundbite, and I tried to get it back after I lost the other computer. And uh, you know, and uh, yeah, guess what? It's, it's gone. So unfortunately, I don't know why, but maybe I could still dig again. But oh, disappointing, disappointing, terrible playoff record. So basically, again, well, what is that? What is he like? Two and eleven, so to speak, like eleven first round exits. Or something like that, or just overall, not not eleven, but four, five, six, seven. So officially eight, eight, because the qualifying round does count. That was a three to one loss. It does count. Um, I'm sorry, it does. Um, and then out of the playoffs, so it's pretty pathetic. Um, pathetic playoff record. In fact, I, yeah, I I don't know. It doesn't look good. The success just hasn't been there, and it, management likes him, obviously. Uh, the owner, Craig Leopold, likes Dean Evison. Bill Guerin likes Dean Evison. But uh, does that mean Bill Guerin wouldn't make a move? Of course not. Bill Guerin just might. He just might. Because, of course, the lack of adjustments and kind of the stick to this and stick to that type of nonsense. Other than keeping De uh, Philip Gustafson in there, which has been the right move. Uh, outside of that, it's kind of been the same thing. The same lines, the same this, the same that. Uh, the power play still sucks. Penalty kill has been terrible. And uh, that that's kind of all that kind of sums it all up. <laughs> Outside of game number three, which was an absolutely great game, a five to one victory on the twenty first of April. Don't you just love when nothing happens? Yeah, you can always count on Yahoo to do nothing. So <laughs> we're gonna kind of improvise here. But a beautiful day, a beautiful game, five to one. We all felt like a million bucks. We're just gonna kind of get this out of the way. 
Um, and, jeez. So, I mean, to be fair to Dean Nevison, I mean, Klingberg's back in there. Klinger, Klingberg was put back in. And uh, Merrill, John Merrill was scratched. That's a good move. Uh, Klingberg has been absolutely great in this series, to be fair. Uh, in the three games he's been out there, well, maybe not great, but very good. He was very promising, at least in the first two, because nobody was really good in the uh, in the fifth game. Nobody was really good in game five, the four to one shellacking bullcrap, uh, and leaving Brock Faber in. And I, I remember I talked about that on the last show, where I was like, you know, that's actually smart. That's actually a good combination, having uh, Klingberg, who was, you know, 98% offense, and Faber, who was 98% defense, on the same pairing. I mean, you know, it's it's a good match. Uh, see, I mean, just do the math there. Ninety-eight <laughs> percent. Yeah, it all comes back to one hundred percent, right? So it's a good, it's good math uh, having Faber and Klingberg together, and it's actually worked fine. Brock Faber's been a mainstay throughout the postseason, and he deserves to be. He's been wonderful, to be fair. Uh, and Klingberg had a couple of assists in game number three. He also had, uh, he also had a goal in game number four. He's been very good. And, of course, you, you got to think there's something, some motivation to play against your former team where you were for a while and how things just kind of, you know, you end up, they end up kind of parting ways, so to speak, down the stretch. Financial issues, I guess. Like Klingberg wanted to kind of bet on himself going to Anaheim and ended up being a bet he probably lost. But I, I suppose a good showing against his former team in the postseason will help a little bit. Boldy got a rare point. Thank you, Lord, for that. An assist, though, but no goals. And that's been the number one problem throughout the postseason is the lack of scoring from your big boys. Uh, Marcus Johansson had a Jordan-esque type of goal. I mean, I mean, it was like Michael Jordan on skates. <laughs> it didn't it didn't hurt like a nice pass from Hartman as well. But what Johansson did with it, and it, just that hesitation and the move, not only on the on the uh, Dallas defender, but on uh, Ottinger also. It was probably the best play of the whole series for a Minnesota Wild player. It, it was that good. Uh, other than maybe some of Gustafson's saves and, of course, Nyquist, of course, uh, finding uh, finding players. His, his passing skills are wonderful. And, I don't know, unfortunately, as we get to fan interaction later, we'll talk about that. The odds of being able to keep any of these guys is, is slim to none because that's just the way it is. But it, it was it's still great, great trade deadline moves that put the Wild in position to possibly do something. But, unfortunately, we probably aren't going to do something the way things are headed. It's going to be a very, 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 very interesting offseason. Um, Julek Sinek didn't only come back by... Uh, Julek Sinek didn't come back by Game 4. He came back by Game 3 and then made a turn and was like, okay, no, that's okay. Uh, that, that's okay. I, I, uh, I'm I done. So 19 seconds in, <laughs> Julek Sinek out again and, and doesn't return. So obviously the pain was probably off the charts. I can only imagine the incredible pain coming off of like a... 80, 90, 100 mile an hour slap shot from uh, Malkin. What that would feel like going into your ankle or foot, basically. It's like, no, that's okay. That, that's totally fine. I, I, I can go sit out now. That, that's it. Uh, as much as you want to play, there is a <laughs> there is a fine line between being able to play and just simply not being able to play. Just you just can't. Like it's it's too much. Like feels like a knife going through your your body, basically. That kind of pain. So it's like, forget about it. Forget about it, as a Canadian might say. Um, a fun game three, but of course, Jules Eriksson not returning, not being able to return because of it, it's just too much. It's too great of a contusion, you could say. Uh, a Charlie Horace, a contusion, whatever you want to call it. It's all kind of relative. Um, 
you're kind of screwed. You're kind of screwed at the center position. That doesn't make... Uh, I don't think that gives Dean Evison a pass necessarily with the way things have been handled after this game. Um, ever since. Like, game four just felt like a game where it's just... Seriously, you, you couldn't take it. You just couldn't take it, could you? You just couldn't. And you just knew... Damn it, anyway. You just knew we are going to end up losing this game somehow. You just knew it. And, and of course you did. Like, Dallas would... Dallas would tighten things up the way they did, and my God, did they ever. The, you know, <laughs> it was Quinnipiac. Okay, I'm tired of bringing that up. Sunday, April the 23rd, by the way. Um, it was a nice game and everything. It's just, you just knew. You just freaking knew Dallas was going to come out of this one somehow, some way. And, of course, they did. Uh, they want to pick on the 2 nothing lead, and you figure, oh, great, a 2 nothing lead against Ottinger. Wonderful, wonderful formula. But maybe we can do something, uh, make the two-goal lead the most dangerous lead in hockey. But it just ended up not being to the uh, the case because Dallas would retake a two-goal lead after John Klingberg was able to finish on the shot. And to be fair, Zuccarello, who's been generally horrible during this series, his stats aren't the worst thing you ever saw. But, I don't know, he looks confused, he looks dazed, he looks kind of out, out of it at times. Uh, especially in Game 5, but then again, everybody looked like crud. Uh, Zuccarillo did have two goals in Game 3, so to give him credit, and he has three assists as of the course of Game Number 4, so since it's a fact nobody scored at all in Game Number 5, well, he still has three assists. <laughs> yeah, still has three assists. That's cute, isn't it? Uh, Klingberg, though, I mean, great freaking numbers, of course. Three assists total, one goal, four points in, in three games. I mean, it doesn't get much better than that when you consider John Klingberg didn't even play the first two games because it's like, well, we need Brock Faber in there. He's, he's just a better fit, and Klingberg's kind of a mess. And then it's like, wait a minute, Merrill's, Merrill is not that good. And it's not like you have, like, a you know, $6 million committed to him or anything. Um, hint, hint. No, I'm kidding. Dumba's been better. Don't get me wrong. He's been much better than he was in the past. Defensively, anyway. Offensively, he doesn't exist. Um, but uh, having... Uh, just kind of move, making the move on John Merrill, who doesn't really provide a whole lot of anything. Mediocre defensively, below average offensively. Klingberg, who has a special skill, he's he's an offensive talent. You know, obviously, the scary part of the defense, but when you pair him with uh, Brock Faber, what, what, what the heck? <laughs> I'd almost want to bring Klingberg back at an insanely cheap price, but I don't think he's going to do it. I don't think he's going to do it, and I don't think any of these guys are going to just take a huge discount to stay here even though it would be really cool, but uh, chances are they just won't. The Klingbergs, the Nyquists, and the Marcus Johansons. Again, we'll get to that in fan interaction. This will be a two-segment show again. At least I think it's, yeah, I'm, I'm going to keep it that way. I, I kind of like it this way for this. Uh, I probably, uh, you know what? I'm, I'm kind of debating on the fly. I know this is weird, like on-air production meeting type of thing. I don't know. Um, this is three games. That's what makes this show a little busier, kind of, sort of. And then I could kind of do prospects and look at the rest of the NHL. So maybe I will split it into three. This will be the last three-segment show probably of the year uh, until, you know, yeah, leading into, okay, it's really not going to be. But <laughs> State of the Wild is definitely going to be three um, segments. But they'll, have, they'll maybe have some short ones here and there in between now and the June uh, when I do State of the Wild, June, early July, whatever that is. Sorry for the on-air production meeting, but, um, yeah, Game four, it, it wasn't a bad game, but it was a team that just didn't, you know, just didn't, just didn't grab the opportunity. It just didn't. Uh, it, it, you just wish, you just wish they could, but unfortunately, 
unfortunately, it's just hard to say. Um, why? Why couldn't it happen? Why can't we have nice things? Why can't we have nice things? Why can't we take a 3-1 to one lead in the series? You know, team... <laughs> The Timberwolves have never taken a 3-1 lead in a playoff series either. Do you realize that? At least, I'm, no, they didn't. Against the Denver Nuggets, you know, many years ago, the, you know, the, the last time we played the Nuggets in the playoffs, we being the Timberwolves. Um, it's just crazy to think how many times the Wild have made the postseason and have never taken a, a, a commanding lead in it. Only once the Wild took a 3-2 lead in a playoff series. Only once. Do you realize that? Once. Once, I was against the St. Louis Blues when the Wild actually finished the job in game number six. Obviously, you had to have a three to two lead in order to, uh, clinch, the, uh, to clinch the victory in game number six. Uh, that's the best series the Wild ever played in the postseason, the 2015 Wild versus the Blues, and then it followed up by literally getting swept right off the ice <laughs> in four games versus the Blackhawks right after that. It's just like that was our payback. Oh, you you actually had a series where you didn't have to go to Game Seven and win in overtime to to, to advance on the road. By the way, and, and then you, you end up getting uh, shellacked in the, in the next round. Like that's your payback. Oh, you thought you were going to do something this year? Ha! Goodbye. You know, and it's just it's utterly depressing. So hopefully the Minnesota Wild can somehow come back and win Game Number uh, Game Number Six in XL Energy Center. It's a strong possibility, but certainly not, uh, certainly not anything um, too likely necessarily. Sorry, game number five, a four to nothing loss. That's just all you pretty much have to say. Are we going to see Mark Andre Fleury back in the net? It's it's always possible. What good will it do? I don't know. If you think that was Gustafson's fault, I don't think so. The play in front of him was garbage. Three goals given up. Of course, the fourth goal was an empty netter. And all of that. So, I don't know. It's just, I don't know. I'm sorry if I feel... It's just like, like what are you going to say about a 4 nothing game where you pretty much were outplayed in every aspect? Uh, Rupa Hintz has just been owning the Wild all season. Multiple hat tricks. One in the regular season. One in uh, game number one, if I remember correctly. Uh, game number two, pardon me. Um, it's just, you know, it's it's just been de- depressing, disorienting, all of that good stuff. Um... The stars looked like the stars that could uh, that that were like a, a top seed in the Western Conference, and I guess they kind of have been off and on throughout the season. Colorado basically overtook them at the last second to uh, win the division, and they might lose to the Seattle Kraken. So it's kind of funny how that turns out. Um, mm, just amazing how quickly things can change. So, what overall thoughts do I have? Again, the the lack of adjustments. The lack of coaching, the lack of maturity. Uh, there's obviously there's obviously other things that can get into throughout this series. Ryan Suter's constant cheap shotting and you know hitting uh hitting Kaprizov with with cross checks behind the back and such. And it looks like Kaprizov has been off uh, has been playing hurt pretty much since that took place. Boldy's been completely unproductive. Felino went from uh, animated and entertaining, and he, he had a great game versus the. Uh, had a great game versus the Stars in game number three to becoming a guy who, I don't know, well, he was snake bit in game four, a couple of terrible penalty calls against him. One that made absolutely no sense where he was the, he looked like he was the victim in the play and was ultimately called for a penalty, which had everybody shocked and all that. But I mean, if you whine and bitch about officials forever, you're not going to really get too far. Uh, God, game, game four did feel like the Wild were snake bit by the officials in a huge way. 
So, and then game five, you have the knee-on-knee incident with uh, Felino. He gets kicked out of the game very early. So that kind of leaves you at a loss in so many ways. And I don't know. It, it, game four, game five, pardon me, felt like the Wild were going to lose almost right away. As the Stars scored early, the crowd was into it. And, of course, they always are. It's it just feels it almost feels like something personal from their fans to us in a lot of ways. Like this is our team, na 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 boo boo. Almost, you know, stop whining and complaining and all that. But I don't know. I mean, Suter obviously it's been a personal thing with him and uh, Felino throughout the series and other players. Why he's been picking on Kaprizov other than I suppose just because Kaprizov's the star player and Suter has been more of a cheap shot artist throughout his career. It's just a lot of us, myself included, didn't notice it as much when he was on the wild, and also probably because the camera didn't really focus on it as much. You focus on, oh, look look what they did to us, uh, what we did to them. Uh, you know, uh, I didn't see it, sorry. I didn't see anything. What are you talking about, huh? What are you talking about? Whereas Felino, of course, again, 27 seconds in. So like one shift, basically, game misconduct, a knee-on-knee situation. A lot of people believe that it was more of a, uh, probably should have been just a two-minute penalty, not a game misconduct, five major, all that crap. And that's the things, you know, went downhill pretty much right out of the gate. Playing undisciplined, playing undisciplined, lack of focus, lack of adjustments. It just reeks of a team that's, well, looked very promising, just a couple days ago, and now it looks like a team that uh, is probably going to get ready for golf season, unfortunately. Very good chance the Wild will win Game 6. Very good chance the Wild rebound. As for winning Game 7, I'm kind of going to stick to my guns. I think the Stars win it in 7. Am I saying that because I want those Stars to win in 7? Of course not. <laughs> Duh. Like, do you really think I want the Wild to lose this series? Of course not. But just as a quote-unquote betting man, if you want to go with DraftKings in this one, <laughs> I think the Stars win it in seven. And if I'm wrong, that's great. It would suck to lose money, but at the same time, well, that's why you don't bet too much. You have to be careful, especially bet uh, within your means and all that. Um, but <laughs> but if you want the, a better chance to win money, so to speak, or just the whole vibe throughout this whole series, whether you're betting money or not, I'm with the, the Dallas Stars in seven. It just reeks of it. It does. This doesn't look like the Wild are going to win this series. It just simply doesn't. It looks like a. It looks like DeBoer is out coaching Gene Evanson again, just like he did with the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. It's a great series. Game seven didn't end well though. And uh, you know it just didn't. The Wild made a valiant comeback in that series from down three to one. The Wild were the team down three to one in that series because the Wild don't know how to take a three one series lead yet. We're we're working on it, and if we do, we better not be the team that blows the lead. Just finish off the other team. Be like, uh, I don't know, be like whoever. Heck, even Boston didn't finish off their series. So, with that said, the <laughs> Mike McDonough Award winner for this episode, John Klingberg, I guess, uh, or Brock Faber, I don't know. <laughs> I guess it's John Kling, uh, John Klingberg. It could be Marcus Johansson. <sighs> you know, I mean, Johansson's been, you know, he had a wonderful... Uh, couple games, but I, I, I guess I'm going to go with Klingberg. I, I love the way he played in game three and four. Everybody sucked in game five, so it's not like, oh my god, what are you talking about? This guy was awful in game five. Eh, n- nobody was good in game five. Even Gustafson wasn't all that particularly sharp. The play in front of him certainly didn't help, though, and that's just a reality. Um, the James Shepard Memorial, despite the fact he got a lot of points, nah, I'm not going to give it to him, even though I should. He's been more productive than Matt Boldy. Matt Boldy's going to get it for being completely unproductive. 
like what does he do out there? He's just kind of there. <laughs> Maddie the <laughs> Maddie the friendly ghost. That's basically what he's been. He's been a ghost in the series. It's plain and simple. Matt Boldy, step it up. Come on, man. I mean, I I know it's easier said than done, but the skill's there. We saw it. Damn it. Where did it go? Why did it vanish? Where is it? Bring it back. For the love of God, bring it back. Now would be the time. Game six. Matt Boldy, hat trick. Matt Boldy, hat trick. <laughs> but maybe he will. Maybe he'll have a multi-goal game. But uh, that would be great. Or Kaprizov, or somebody. Somebody that's important need to step, needs to step up and take the reins and kick some major butt. If it's flat-out Gustafson and a 2 to nothing victory. Okay, sure. But the Wild will win Game 6 and probably not win Game 7. That's kind of where I'm leaning towards. Wild will win Game 6, 3-1. to one. And Game 7 was going to be something like... I, was gonna, I could just see it as a higher-scoring 5-3 to three type of game where the Stars end up winning. And we're talking about Dean Evison needs to go. Dean Evison needs to go. And we probably will be. It's not just because the Stars or the Wild lost the Stars. I'm starting to sound like Lou Nanny. Oh, wow, the Stars won. Oh, crap, I forgot. <laughs> that actually happened. That actually happened, Lou Nanny. That's funny because the North Stars were here for, you know, <laughs> forever. So, well, for a long time anyway, not forever. And now they've been gone forever. <laughs> yeah, but that's how that goes. He was the general manager of the North Stars during a multiple cup runs. So, uh, cup final runs anyway, not cups. Um, yeah, we're, I know. Uh but with that said, we'll take a quick break. We'll look around the league and talk briefly about the prospects in their postseason runs. Maybe one of them will have major success, I hope. conversation and their postseason runs and all that. Uh, probably won't be talking about that for too long. But uh, first, let's hear from DraftKings. Light the lamp during the hockey playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can make a $5 bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. So basically right now, available lines. So the puck line, the money line and all that with Tampa Bay Lightning for the, uh, with, with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, plus 135 for Tampa, minus 155 on the money line for Toronto. New York Rangers, it's a it's one, uh, minus 100 for both the Rangers and the Devils on the on the money line. Interesting. <laughs> so, uh, Winnipeg Jets and Vegas Golden Knights, plus 155 for the Jets. Wow. Minus 180 for the Golden Knights. For the uh, Carolina Hurricanes coming up, plus 105 for them. Minus 125 for the New York Islanders. Boston Bruins, 175. Uh, minus 175, pardon me, a plus 150 for the Florida Panthers. Colorado, Colorado Avalanche, who are now trailing in the series, but uh, don't be surprised if they win. 155, uh, minus 155 for them, plus 135 for the Seattle Kraken. Dallas Stars, big shocker, minus 105, but of course the Wild, minus 115 in game number six coming up uh, right now, basically. Well, not tonight, tomorrow, Friday. My apologies there. Edmonton Oilers looking to finish off the Kings. We'll see. Minus 170 and the LA Kings plus 145. So that'll kind of get you going with that. 
download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Sign up with code THPN. New customers can make a $5 hockey playoff bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So now let's get into the National Hockey League postseason, if humanly possible. I love how I have this uh, <laughs> all funky and such. But the playoffs have been funky in some ways. Uh, Seattle Kraken, 3-2 to two lead. The Wild didn't do that versus the uh, Colorado Avalanche way back in our first playoff appearance. But Kraken are doing it regardless. 3-2 to two lead versus the Colorado Avalanche. We'll go to the East now shortly first and come back to the West. Sorry. Uh, Boston's up 3-2 to two versus Florida. Florida staying alive, staying alive. They were down 3-1, to one and they stayed alive on the road in Boston in an impressive fashion. We'll see if they pull off a 2003 Minnesota Wild. Toronto up 3-1 to one over Tampa. After losing the first game, the Toronto Maple Leafs have been like in a mode of basically been on a mission. They're the hottest team in the East right now. Hottest team in the East against the three-time defending uh, Eastern Conference champion and two-time Stanley Cup champion in the last three years, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Carolina Hurricanes, well, New York Islanders staying alive as well, hanging in there. 3-2 to two lead right now with Carolina and the New York Islanders. New Jersey Devils, 2-2 two to two with New York Rangers. That's going to be a fascinating wrap-up of the series. I might come back and look at some of these games briefly. But again, like I said, Seattle just winning last night, a 3-2 to two lead now over the Colorado Avalanche and a chance to win a first-round series early. It would be cool if the Wild could wind up with a Seattle Kraken in the conference semis if somehow we can get past these bleeping stars. Because uh, I think pretty good chance the winner of this series goes to the Western Finals. Because I, I, I don't know, but then again, if Seattle can beat Colorado, they can beat us too, I suppose. Vegas Golden Knights still a commanding lead over the Winnipeg Jets, three to one in that series. And the Edmonton Oilers, who when they play it at their best, they're unbelievable. The LA Kings are a really good team. That's why the Edmonton Oilers are having a hell of a time. Otherwise, I think it's going to be the Oilers. I, I really do think the Oilers are going to win the uh, the Western Conference this year. It's for a while, it sounded like a cute thing, but no, the Oilers are going to win the Western Conference, and if they don't, I think it's a huge disappointment, honestly. Uh, Nick Bukestad. Nick Bukestad had two goals in game number five. Nick Bukestad, congratulations to him. You know who that is, right? He was with the Wild the last two years? Yeah, pretty cool. Uh, and of course, they, ha- they have their full roster. Evander Kane's back. Good for him. He's already got three goals. Drysaddle's already got six goals in the playoffs. Connor McDavid, obviously the best player in the world. According to most of us, anyway, Stuart Skinner's been an adequate goalie. Probably better than what they've had uh, the past few years. Um, it, it is what it is. It's a team that can that can score. They can kick your butts. They're the best team in the league on the power play. And what I like is they're wearing the classic Edmonton Oilers Gretzky-era uniforms. Keep them coming. Keep them coming. That's the best thing you can do. I want to see those uniforms, not those mediocre-looking things they've had forever, or those weird reverse-looking things. Uh, Quinton Byfield had a playoff goal. Good for him. Um, but I don't know. The uh, Edmonton Oilers, I think, are going to still win the Western Conference. They might even win the whole enchilada. Uh, but uh, the <clears throat> the uh, I mean, you never know. The, the Los Angeles Kings might win, but I mean, obviously, at least in this series, but I doubt it. The Boston Bruins, I think, are still the favorites to win the Stanley Cup, but you never know. It's... Uh, I, I do think Edmonton can do it. Uh, can do it. I think Toronto might go on a spectacular playoff run. So you might get the weeds and the bees basically going at each other, <laughs> the spokes, the bees, whatever you want to call them, going at each other in the uh, <laughs> in the um, 
in the second round. That could be a great series, could be quite honest. But I think the whole Eastern Conference is awesome, honestly. I mean, even Florida, they were the best record in the league last year. And, you know, they have a fantastic lineup. Why the hell can't the Florida Panthers go to the Stanley Cup final? Why not? Uh, Toronto, Tampa, obviously. Tampa, hello. You know, what have they done the last several years? So they've been spectacular. Carolina's got a great lineup. Uh, New York Islanders, they're dangerous. They're probably not going to win anything, but they're a dangerous team. Uh, New Jersey's really emerged after building their team for a while. Same with the Rangers. So it's going to be a fascinating run with how things go there. Let's look at the prospects for a little bit here. Um, I had something up as well, the KHL playoffs. So, yeah, uh, am I looking at the right thing? Yeah, this is Huznadinov. His team got beat in the conference final, unfortunately, four games to two. But still decent numbers. I think I, think I talked about that last week. But just in case I didn't, uh, who's Nadinov, 7 points, 16 games. Not like the greatest numbers ever. But still, you know, some something to celebrate in a sense. 7 points, so in, in the postseason, uh, in 16 games. 1 goal, 6 assists, or Merit who's Nadinov. Uh, who's the other guy that was doing super well? Uh, obviously, uh, Liam Ugrin's having a nice, uh, a nice run in the postseason. It'd be good to have a guy who can actually score in the playoffs. Hopefully, this guy does, along with some of the others that are coming up here shortly. Uh, where is he? Liam Mugren, yeah, 13 points, 8 goals, 5 assists, and 15 games in the qualification round, uh, or in qualification as they call it. Um, good for him. Obviously, looks really good in the postseason, and again, he's been he's become a goal scorer in a lot of ways. Not that he wasn't before, but he's really starting to show it more and more as you get into the postseason, and that has a lot of us feeling great. Uh, Jesper Volstead has been called up by the Minnesota Wild because Iowa's done already. They did nothing in the playoffs, nothing at all. Dean Everson must have been coaching the Iowa Wild, too. But, uh, no, the Wild, uh, the Iowa Wild will not renew the contract of Tim Army, so we're probably going to have a new direction there. The Iowa Wild have been bleeping disappointing the last two years. Let's be honest. I mean, they've had players in Iowa. Of course, there's the inconsistency but uh, with guys going up and down and everything. But welcome to the American Hockey League, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> every coach, every team in the American Hockey League goes through the same thing. Maybe some more than others in certain seasons because of certain circumstances and this and that. But every AHL team goes through the same, or at least similar situations where you're, maybe your best AHL player is going to be called up more often than not. Because, well, one guy goes down and you have this, this <laughs> the best player on your AHL team is probably possibly going to be the guy you want to call up and See if he can he can help your team in the absence of another player, or maybe that uh, other player has been a massive disappointment, and you want to give the other guy a chance. That's just kind of how things work. A, eh? <laughs> sorry, uh, Spachik, Spachik, Spachik games games played up. Yeah, yeah, they're they're out though. Eight games, seven points, two goals, five assists for Spachik. Yeah, his team is out. Uh, most of them are. One guy was on a huge run here. We'll get back there shortly. Hunter Haight, no, Hunter Haight, 11 games, 8 points there, 3 goals, 5 assists. Yeah, but the Saginaw Spirit, they're, they're out as well. Uh, regular Lorenz, that's, of course, the Denver Pioneers. They got shut out in the first game, if I remember correctly, at Boston University in the NCAA tournament. Healy was on the, uh, what do they call them? The uh, Harvard. Healy was on Harvard, <laughs> to call it, <laughs> to make it quick. Uh, Owen Stone attack got beat right away as well. 2 points for... Petrovsky, one goal, one assist for him. They got beaten the first round in their uh, OHL playoffs. Carson Lambos, the Winnipeg guys, yeah, 10 games, 4 assists. 4 assists in 10 playoff games for Carson Lambos. So that's kind of all she wrote there. 
Uh, Caden Bankier has just been freaking awesome. In eight games, six goals, nine assists, 15 points. Just unbelievable in the postseason for the Kamloops Blazers. <sighs> what a run. What a what a wonderful season. I can't wait to see what he can do in Iowa. He's 20 years old, so Iowa, here we come. Caden Bankier. Can't wait to see what that guy can do in the National Hockey League. Or, excuse me, American Hockey League. National Hockey League, hopefully, eventually. Kyle Masters, right shot defenseman. We'll see. Eight playoff games, four points. Four playoff points. One goal, three assists. Again, he was the other guy who really emerged. It was Banker and Masters. Banker and Masters. That really stunned everybody. And I'll say this again for those of you that are maybe a little bit newer to the show. Way back in the summer, last year, during the uh, prospect camp and all that, they were like, there's two guys that have stood out more than anybody else. It's like Bankier and Masters. Caden Bankier and Kyle Masters. I'm like, those guys? Really? Kyle Masters was like a 14-point player. 14-point defenseman, you know, stay-at-home kind of guy who doesn't really provide much offense. Okay. Okay. And then Bankier, it's like, okay, he's, he's all right. I mean, he, you know, he's a third-round pick. I guess you, 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 you hope something can happen there. And it's like, well, whoever said that was dead on. They were dead on. I, I mean, I think it was partially uh, Russo and some other... Uh, people that are involved and that was a dead-on conversation there. Nate Benoit no playoffs, no nothing. 14 no, 8 points in 21 games for the Waterloo Blackhawks. Absolutely spectacular. <laughs> Sorry, I had to say that. <laughs> but that's kind of getting caught up with the prospects of course and again, Bankier and Masters. I mean what more can I say? There's two people that are prospect of the year uh, candidates if I'm going to give one guy the prospect of the year, and I think it's time to do it, it is Caden Bankier. He is the prospect of the year in my book. For Brave the Wild, Caden Bankier, you get the uh, you get the prospect of the year for 2022-2023. He is the winner. He is the absolute. He, he has my vote. He is the hammer for this episode. <laughs> and if I'm to vote with uh, uh, MNW Young Guns, MNW Prospects and all that, it's it's Caden Bankier and I can't imagine them disagreeing. Justin Bakke and uh, uh, of course, Pablo Bennett. I can't imagine those guys disagreeing with that. And if you do, that's okay. Maybe you think it's Kyle Masters. You know, that's the only other guy I can imagine. Uh, Hunter Hate started out so strong, looked so good. It slowed down a bit. I mean, Liam Ugrin's another one, sure. Liam Ugrin's another one and he is a first round pick, 19th overall in 2022. Great playoff run for him. It's it's absolutely safe to say. What an awesome playoff run for him. Uh, didn't have a spectacular regular season, but he's emerging in a big way. When you consider the guy had 11 goals in 36 games for a Swedish one, and then in 15 games in the playoffs, eight. Eight goals. So it's nice to see him emerging as this, the year progresses. He's getting more comfortable in his skin, so to speak, and then becoming maybe a guy that could be clutch in the postseason. We might need a little help of that. Uh, maybe <laughs> there's, there's one guy in this town that's looked really good in the postseason, Anthony Edwards, and he plays for the Timberwolves. And the rest of the team has been a massive underachievement, I'd have to say, maybe with the exception of Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Uh, tune into Timberwolves Explosion if you want to hear about that <laughs> tomorrow. Because, yeah, we're probably not doing lawns tomorrow either, but maybe Saturday. Uh, yeah, um, those are the two guys that have done well in the postseason <laughs> for the most part. And, uh, okay, John Klingberg, who I just gave something, and Gustafson, blah, blah, blah. But uh, it'd be nice to have guys that actually score consistently at a higher level, especially when they do have some expectations attached to them being a first-round pick in Liam, Liam Ugren's case. So hopefully he can bring that to the next level later on as we move forward. But at least it's a Swedish league. This isn't like, you know, 
<laughs> this isn't the ECHL. It's I think it's a little higher than that in the Swedish league. I think so. Uh, there's a lot of damn good players coming from Sweden. Let me tell you, we could we could we could pull out the list that have come from Sweden over the years. Uh, you know, <laughs> Nicholas Lindstrom, hello, but obviously a different position, but still similar in terms of well, great. You know, he comes from Sweden and had amazing success in the NHL. Legendary player. Plain and simple. Um, that's just one guy, but he's, he's like the, the all-timer, as far as I'm concerned, out of Sweden. Um, with that said, we'll take a quick break and come back for a fun, fun fan interaction segment. You're on Brave the Wild. Segment number three, fan interaction segment, and we're going to jump to it as soon as possible here. Hashtag BTWMN. Hashtag BTWMN. Keeps everything organized and such. And you'll see that in the show notes and the tweets. And on Facebook, I think it's on there, but I need to be more active on Facebook. I'm more of a Twitter guy with the wild. It just seems to be where a lot of the community that follows Brave the Wild is. Derek Felsk is going to open things up with the... uh, <clears throat> with the poll, I love how he does these, and I need to be doing them again. I just have fun doing them. It's 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 a great way to do a show. Uh, well, it it helps with the show anyway. Derek says with the Minnesota Wild series against Dallas tied two to two. Oh, oh, this was a this is an older one, but yeah, there's two of them. I was saying cautiously optimistic. This is just a couple of days ago, but yeah, I said cautiously optimistic, and apparently that one has one day left, but that's probably going to win thirty five point eight percent. And there's another poll coming up, by the way. Uh, we're screwed. Wild Lewis is in second, 24.7. Uh, 23.5 says we got this. Wild win. Cautiously pessimistic, 16%. Um, I was saying awesome show, yeah, because Derek Felska, the Crease Assist podcast, is really good. Uh, pops up on Sundays most often. What a fun listen. It, it, it really is. Um, I was saying awesome show. This was a lot of fun, except for my dumb question about free agency when I talked about Nyquist and <laughs> Nyquist and Johansson. Is there any chance in you know where these guys could come, uh, could be retained? And it's like, probably not. No. When you think about the salary cap situation, almost uh, impossible. Plus the fact you might want to bring up some prospects. It costs less, and they get a chance to develop and all that at the NHL level, because rather than having them rot in the minors for five years, Anyhow, uh, Derek responded with, it's not a dumb question. Those guys are playing well. It's normal to consider finding a way to fit, although they'd likely have to be willing to play at a discounted price, plus moves of other players to make it work. Yeah, see, like, it would have to, you know, other players would have to be shipped out. Like, some people might say Felino. <laughs> some people honestly might. I think I replied with, yep, I was like, that's that's what I was hoping for, sure. Uh, keeping Nyquist would be great, at least for another year or two. And... He was saying, yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. I think it would be pretty unlikely, though. The cap crunch is really going to force the wild. They could create it, but probably get cheap, i.e. younger. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it's very unlikely we'll be able to keep, like, a Nyquist or something. But, man, what a nice player. <laughs> what a nice player. He was probably the best acquisition of that trade deadline. It's just, you know, obviously it was, you know, it's just, just kind of late, you know, kind of late. We didn't get to have him a little like a month earlier or so when we first got him, month, month and a half earlier. But still, valuable guy. He's been one of our best players in the playoffs. You could argue he, he is. You could you could argue he is the best player 
in the postseason. But um, I just gave the award to Klingberg, if you can believe it, for the last few games. Uh, Derek Felska, and that's hard to believe, isn't it? The Derek Felska lightning round hath returned da da. You just know I love doing that, don't you? Yep. Derek, I hope you know I love doing that, and I hope you know I love the Derek Felska lightning round, because I do. Uh, which has a greater potential to shut down the Dallas Stars power play, the Minnesota Wild penalty kill, or one single ply of wet toilet paper? Um, one single ply of wet toilet paper. Yeah, the Wild power play isn't done, uh, excuse me, the Wild penalty kill has been killing the Wild. The penalty kill has been killing the Wild. That may have something to do with the title of the episode, if I get cute and creative with that, but it's, uh, it's not, uh, been looking good at all. The, the, uh, the Wild Special Teams in general has been pretty crappy. You'll see moments here and there, you get happy, you feel better, and then it lets you down once again. And again. And again. And uh, Anyhow, um, the delaying round continues. At crease and assist, by the way, who deserves to be more prominently featured on the Minnesota Wild milk carton for missing players? Cool Caprice over Matt Boldy. I'll go with Boldy. Uh, Kaprizov is missing, yes, and it's extremely frustrating. But I think Boldy's actually worse. I do. Um, definitely. Uh, he he did get an assist and all that, and occasionally you'll see him smiling when other guys, yeah, he'll be in the group hugging players and other guys score and everything. Yeah, because he'll be on the ice. But that's about what you've seen out of Boldy most of the time. Yeah, good job, blah, blah, blah. Kaprizov, it's kind of the same thing. You can almost put both of them on there, but if it's my choice... Gun to my head, I have to pick one. I'm going to go with Boldy. Uh, come on, man. Come on. There are 30 goals, and you scored like 20 of them in like no time, basically. I don't know, I'm, maybe I'm over-exaggerating, but it's kind of, but not by much. It was a huge, huge jump in goals when Kaprizov went out. Kaprizov comes back, and it's back to, back to being invisible again. Come on, man. So, huge, massive disappointment. And as uh, you like to imitate Jacques Lemaire, there is no doubt. Jacques Lemaire is the best coach in wild history. There is no doubt. And oh, there is no doubt. <laughs> Dean Everson and Jacques Lemaire, I, I wouldn't doubt this team, if Jacques Lemaire was the head coach, would probably be winning the Series 3-1 to one, or maybe r- wrapping it up or going to wrap it up in Game 6. I'm not kidding. Next, uh, Derek Felska says, What odds would you give Dean Everson being given the axe, considering it looks rather likely the Minnesota Wild are about to suffer another one and done in the playoffs? I think there's a chance. I think there is at least... I mean, I think it's... Say, if this thing wraps up in depressing fashion in six games, I think it's over 50%. Bill Guerin likes Dean Evison, but Bill Guerin (laughs) is somebody that is eventually going to say, okay, this is not working, and we need to change it. You know, that's a famous phrase from Bill Guerin years ago. Something wasn't working, and they needed to change it, and that's where you saw Studer and Parisi bought out. Dean Emerson, you know, damn it, I, I, I like him, you know. I like him, but then in the playoffs, I don't like him. For You know, what's going on? I don't know. I mean, and isn't that Minnesota? Isn't that Minnesota for you? Dennis Green, all those great records and all those awful disappointments in the playoffs. And yet, yet years later, people act like he's some kind of mythical godlike coach, Dennis Green. Like nowadays, people act like, how dare you say anything negative about him? Are you kidding me? Were you here? Did you watch? Did you watch those playoff games? Did you see the Vikings get de- demolished after acquiring Warren Moon and uh, getting demolished by the Bears in, in Metrodome? I mean, <laughs> did you see that? Did you see them getting demolished by Dallas a couple years later, missing the playoffs altogether in 95? Come on, people. 
blowing, uh, getting absolutely shut down by the Falcons in the second half in the uh, uh, the 98 season NFC Championship game. Anyhow, talk about milk cartons. Randy Moss was on a milk carton in that game, wasn't he? But so was Dennis Green's coaching. Suffice to say, over 50%, over 50% chance Dean Everson's gone if the Wild uh, have a have a demoralizing six to, uh, game six loss. You lose in dramatic fashion in game seven, it's probably like 30%, 30%, like, like game seven in dramatic fashion. You win game six and lose in game seven. It's like in the 30s, something like that. Um, maybe even less, like 25. But not because... Not because... Uh, not because he would deserve to stay, but because that's just kind of how things are in this town. That's just how things have been. But, oh, we just kind of stick with what goes. Maybe maybe it would be still 50-ish percent, and maybe it's like 90%. Like, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe I'm being too generous, like uh, Derek Velska says. Steve Miller put 90% chance that uh, that uh, Everson's gone. Yeah, you know what? The Wild lose game six in demoralizing fashion. Dean Everson will be fired. There it is. There it is. Gun to my head. Dean Everson's fired. And probably should be because playoff record, it's it's too much. You lost to Vancouver 3-1. to one. You got beat. You got beat and outcoached by DeBoer. In the seven-game series, you you almost beat them, but you didn't beat them. You didn't versus the Vegas Golden Knights. Um, and then what was it uh, last year? What was that? Yeah, last year versus St. Louis, you got humiliated. That was bullshit. That was absolute bullshit. Now that I'm adding a swear word or two, and then this year, well, yeah, it's been bullshit the last two games, and it almost looks like a re- repeat of last year. Going up two to one, everything's gonna be okay. Kumbaya, we got this. Ain't nothing gonna stop us now, blah, 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 blah. Oh, it stopped. You know, it stopped. Okay, I better keep moving. Here it is. Here it is. Yep, this is a talk about cleaning house. Here's your cleaning house right here. Derek, lightning round continues. A nice, impressive one this time, too. Not that, they ever, not that they're ever not impressive. The Iowa Wild cleaned house by not renewing coaches Tim Marmy, Nolan Youngman, and, uh, and uh, Nate DeCosmiro after they were bounced in their play in series against Rockford. That was crap. Wasn't that lame? Could we see this happen in Minnesota too? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Kind of. So that's kind of uh, piggybacking off the last one. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. I think, I, I think it could be both. It could be both. And you know what? So be it. So be it, Jedi. It could be both. <laughs> so be it. <laughs> if being a Jedi means losing in the first round, then so be it, Jedi. Okay, I'm just kidding. You'd, you'd hope the Jedi would win the Stanley Cup. You would hope. That's probably like, uh, I don't know, those guys. Those guys, you know, uh, Coach... Uh, yeah, let's just move on. <laughs> Scotty Bowman, there we go. I'm like, <laughs> Scotty Bowman with Detroit and, and uh, Montreal many years ago and all that. Anyhow, uh, the line round continues. We've got a bit more here. The Minnesota Wild announced they will be playing in the Global Series in Sweden. Woohoo! Is that exciting, or is or is it just more games played at odd times? I'll make it tough for most Wild fans to watch it. Uh, it's okay. It's okay. It's kind of cool, I guess, but exciting? Not really. I mean, in terms of what, what excites me is playoff success. That's what excites me. But maybe I'm too, maybe I'm too, like, cutthroat 
you know, like win a damn series and then win another damn series and then win another day. You know what I mean? That's what I'm, that's what I, that's, that's kind of how I am. That's what makes me exciting. Playoff success. Excited. You can win eight, nothing against the Dallas stars in October or March or January. It doesn't mean Jack. It's one game. It, it's, it, I, I shouldn't even say it doesn't mean Jack, but it, it's, it's exciting for like an hour or two. And then, okay, now we got to play Detroit tomorrow or whoever in, in a day or two, you know, let's have some real playoff success. So most of this other stuff, even like what back when say the Super Bowl came to Minnesota, I was just like, I was one of the only people on the planet that didn't give a crap. How about win a Super Bowl rather than host one? Wouldn't that be nice? I don't give a crap about hosting a Super Bowl. Oh, it's good for the city though. Okay. How so? <laughs> it makes it more crowded. Yeah, I, I know it's good for some local businesses, but in the sports world, I'm not thinking about local businesses. I'm thinking about winning a championship. I don't know. Maybe I'm just too too uh, one-sided and too, uh, I don't know, too self-absorbed, too corporate, too uh, cutthroat, but that's how I see the world, I guess, in a lot of ways. I just do. I, I like success, damn it. I really do. Okay, next. Has Pete DeBoer psyched, the wild, uh, psyched out the wild by consistently making comments about the team's pension for taking penalties and thus getting them distracted from just playing hockey. Sure seems like it. Sure seems like he's playing, like, psychological tricks. Um, it was it was kind of similar last time around. Uh, Pete DeBoer outcoached Dean Everson in the, in the Vegas series, particularly uh, when it mattered most. It looked like we had them, and then we didn't. It looked like they had us. We made a comeback, and then they did have us. <laughs> that kind of thing. And this time around, maybe it'll be kind of semi-similar where maybe we're going to force a Game 7, but probably not win it. It'll probably be like same like Vegas and then Detroit many years ago with the North Stars in the 1992 playoffs. 91-92 uh, playoffs, sorry. Um, I think so, yeah. I think you're... Yep, I'm not going to doubt that. I think he's. Uh, I think he's been... Well, I mean, it, it sure looks like it, doesn't it? Especially, <laughs> especially, game, game five, but even game four, it certainly looked like it. Um, and and the refs had the wild psyched out as well in game four, whether they were intending to do that. Uh, what explanation can you give, no matter how outrageous, for how this Minnesota Wild team finds a way to be a complete no-show for a pivotal game? Lots of blank stares on the bench. No fire. Is that coaching? Uh, is that coaching, or dare to say it, culture? Probably both. Probably both. I mean, there's probably players on this team that probably are still kind of after effects from the uh, Parisi Suter era. Most of that Parisi Suter era is gone. You know, they uh, that were they just were not winners, at least not winners here. <laughs> well, you know, like the Charlie Coyles, Nita Writers, and blah blah blah, Zucker, Zuckers, not Zuccarello. But yeah, I I wouldn't doubt Zuccarello. It hasn't been, you know, he has not been good in this postseason. The stats are there a little bit, but mostly just kind of in like the good games. He's been putting up numbers, and we appreciate it. He he had numbers in that five to one game, but that's kind of the whole team played great. I think, yeah, I think I think there's something there. I think there have been after effects, and that's kind of been my complaint the last couple of years. And the reason uh, added reasons why this team still is not getting past the first round, like Vegas. I, I was mad. St. Louis, I was really mad because it's like, okay, why aren't we taking a step forward? Vegas felt like a huge step forward from getting beat by a by a meh Vancouver team in the uh, the the bubble, so to speak, the the play in the bubble, the qualification, whatever the hell you call it, 
and then uh, you take Vegas to the you take Vegas the distance until things unravel late in that game uh, as the things continued. Um, and then last year was clearly a step back after a great, great, great season. It looked like we took three steps forward and took five steps back when the playoffs came around. This year, it felt like we were kind of, I don't know, you know, a couple steps forward, a couple steps back, a couple steps forward, a couple steps back. It, it, yeah, it's definitely, there's definitely something still in the culture that's not winning. They're not bleeping winning like uh, Bill Guerin was saying. Like, we're about bleeping winning. I'm, I'm still not seeing it. Still not seeing it. I, that's still a work in progress. Looked like a better team that couldn't go on a playoff run, but we heard that every damn year years ago. Like the the wild team that uh, had a had a weaker record, uh, or actually, yeah, they had a weaker record the next year. But oh, there's more of a chance for a playoff run for the Minnesota Wild. This was years ago, and they they didn't do anything. So um, it looks like that's where we're headed again in a lot of ways. So yeah, there's there's something in the culture that still has not been thoroughly changed and cleaned out. It's still there. Could it be? Could it be? Could it be? <laughs> Could it be certain players that wear the C's and A's? It might be all three of them. <gasps> okay. That's the way you want it. That's the way you're going to get it. Did I say that? Did I say that? Those are haunting words that might really hit people. It might be all three of them. Hard work and having fun. F that. We're here to effing win. Who did Who did Bill Guerin tell that to? He told that to Jared Spurgeon. What do you think of that? Matt Dumba? Matt Dumba is absolutely an after-fact of the Prezi Suter, Charlie Coyle era. Um, Felino is... Uh, Felino went from a guy who looked like he was, oh, yeah, he's the man, he's the captain, and he, he's the real, you know, he, he's, the, you know he's, he's, he's like the leader, even though maybe he's not the main captain and all that, and he's getting in the star's head. No, they got in his head. They got in his head, and he's been a massive disappointment all damn season, except for a couple of great moments, particularly in game through, uh, three. Felino's been a massive disappointment, so nice one, nice one. <laughs> culture, culture, culture. There's something rooted here that's not working. It's something we do every day, and we need to change it. <laughs> Bill Guerin, Minnesota Wild, general manager. Anyhow, the Minnesota, uh, will Minnesota's most recent playoff struggle and likely first-round exit prompt some changes? Uh, prompt some changes off its on-ice roster that may not have been anticipated prior to the series. If so, who may be moved? I think Felino's gone. I think Felino. And that might be the craziest thing. And people have been saying that. I think Felino, if you want to think about an unexpected one, like an unexpected, like, whoa, where did this come from? I think Felino, he's, he's, he's out of control. I, I, I think he's out of control. Um, great. Uh, did, did he get snake bit with a BS call in game four? Yes. But it looked like it, it, it looked like that, that, uh, that, that just kind of like uh, got in his head to a point of like, that's not really leadership anymore. There's a fine line between leadership and acting like Travis Kelsey. Yeah, though he won a Super Bowl, a couple of them, but he's still an asshole. Travis Kelsey acted like a total jackass. <laughs> and that doesn't help the situation. I'm sorry. Uh, it really doesn't. Um, don't act like Travis Kelsey. Point of advice. Let's see about some conversations here. What are people saying? But I'm, yeah, I'm leaning towards Felino and maybe, yeah, and like Zuccarello, yeah. Um, this was a really interesting one from Jennifer Adam. I think we might be saying goodbye to Dumba, Felino, Zuccarello, and even Spurgeon. 
See? So it looks like Jennifer Adam might be tapping into the same thought that I had about all three of them. All three of them. Dumba, Felino, and even Spurgeon, along with Zuccarello. That probably is not the dumbest thing in the world. It's not. Uh, Derek Felska replies with, I agree with number 24 for sure because of the contract coming off the books. With 17 and 36, I'm more on the fence, perhaps 40, 60 to them leaving. Spurgeon, he has a no-move clause. I don't think he's going anywhere. Yeah, so him, yeah. I mean, and I think he's a better influence than, say, Dumba and Felino. Um, Dumba's not the worst thing in the world, but he's just simply not coming back, and he's not a, he's not that good. He's just not that good. He's, you know, how much better is he than uh, John Merrill right now? Eh, you know, a little bit. Felino, mm, yeah, and Felino is, I don't know, he's kind of an odd one, kind of an oddball. So, but, uh, yeah, interesting, interesting. I think there's another reply. Uh, yeah, oh, God, this just goes for a bit. That's okay, though. It's not that many. Jennifer Adam, ah, got it. I have nothing against Spurgeon as a player and leader. He is quite good, but I do agree with some of the others that he that he is just a bit too slight when it comes to the playoffs. Same with Zuck. Yeah, yep. Derek says, I would, oh, oh, I would agree. He gets pushed around in the playoffs, especially near the crease. His lack of size becomes painfully apparent and teams take full advantage of that. I just think with a no-move clause, the Wilds' hands are tied, and you don't dare to buy him out now. Oh, no. No, no. You buy him out, you might as well just uh, cancel the franchise. Yep. Those are good takes, you know? They really they really are. And Dave Johnson comes in with a uh, <laughs> an image of a shirt saying, Zook sucks. I, I don't blame you. He has sucked. He has sucked. So, good conversation. I think we're still going here. Which is totally fine with me. Keep them coming. This is fun. Uh, okay, that's the end of that that thread. Yep, looks like the lightning round is, is over. Yep, just a couple more. Brian Herrera, welcome back. Yeah, I missed you last week. Um, he says, with, with, uh, with another first round exit looming, do you think Everson is on the hot seat? Every playoff he has coached, has been a first round egg. Yep, yep, have first round exit. Or do you think there's something nasty still hanging around the team that the student Parisian infection left behind? A, a little bit, yeah. Like I was saying, kind of like maybe, maybe the Felino Dumba thing. Not, not that they're you know. And clearly, Felino, you know, what I like is the way Felino is standing up to uh, Ryan Suter and all that. That's good because Suter clearly is a problem. But it seems like I don't know. Like, who's really winning that battle right now? Who's really winning the mental side of the battle? Because a lot of it's mental here. It looks like Suter's winning it. And that sucks. <laughs> that makes us look look bad. Makes us look weak and stupid, doesn't it? So that's the worst part. That's the worst feeling about all this. As as we appreciate um, Felino doing that, but it seems like it's a little too, per- you know, it's like Felino's taking it too personal and Suter's just kind of, almost kind of laughing it off, like, huh, oh, okay, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. You keep you keep getting uh, pissed off and flipping out and getting, you know, in trouble, basically, getting in trouble, getting in the penalty box. So, so indirectly, at the very least, indirectly, it is still there. Like, we're still letting it control us in a lot of ways, which is ridiculous. Um, honest to God, it, it's definitely still there. Yep, and, you know, like, a, a, a lot of the losing culture that was here for years. Well, not losing, but losing in the playoffs culture that was here for years seems to still be here. It seems like we're still 
losing the same way we lost before. You know, like the the the, the, the special teams completely disappear when it matters most. Um, this team was more physical this year in the postseason than we've ever been in the past. But it's still, still not enough. It's still not enough. Dallas is still seems to be playing mental games and beating us at them. So to uh, keep it simple and to the point, uh, Jay Bushy, does uh, DeBoer have the defensive book on how to control cap? Sure looks like it, doesn't it? Because Kaprizov didn't do anything versus the Vegas Golden Knights. And he hasn't done a whole lot versus the Dallas Stars either. But what does he have, one goal? So it seems like it. He, he's, he's doing something right. And of course the Ryan Suter cheap shot crap, whatever. It, it worked. It worked. It's, it's crap. It's cheap. It's BS. But it worked, though. That's the problem. It worked. So, <laughs> kind of is what it is, as much as I hate to say that same phrase over and over and over. We wrap things up with a Derek Velska poll leading into at Crease Assist, and hashtag Crease Podcast is where you want to go to comment on his show, and of course, again, also, uh, you know, vote on the polls and everything. Of course, follow at Crease and Assist as well. And follow any of the other guys at Brian Herrera at J with with the letter J Bushy nineteen. Um, yep, uh, has one one nephew going into the ECHL, another one going to uh, the the Kamloops Blazers. Pretty cool. So that's really nice. Congratulate. No, not the Kamloops Blazers. Kalamazoo Wings. Kamloops Blazers. K. It's another K. Yeah, Kalam- <laughs> Kalamazoo Wings. <laughs> Good thing I caught myself here before I got too far. Um, Derek Felska's uh, throw thread. Yeah, how do you think game number six will go for the Minnesota Wild? Wild win by one or two goals is what I went with, and that's the lead right now. I know. I, I think they're going to force game seven, um, but they might get whooped. Who knows? 53.8 is the lead. Second place, Stars win by one or two. I wouldn't be surprised. Third place is, well, it's tied. Third place is the Stars win by three plus, and the Wild win by three plus. 10.3%. There's a day left to vote on the poll, so go ahead and do so. With that said, again, get your DraftKings Sportsbook app, this and that. <laughs> bet on the games, bet on the series and all that. And, of course, you can do that with the NBA as well. we got the NBA playoffs, and that's all over DraftKings Sportsbook. It's not just the NHL. It could be golf. It could be anything. So go ahead and get on that. You'll be hearing uh, from Raycon again on the next episode, which I really, I truly endorse Raycon. I'm not just saying it because they're, uh, you know, because because they're a sponsor with uh, the Hockey Podcast Network. Not of Brave the Wild, but of the Hockey Podcast Network. And um, really, <laughs> I like Raycons. I use Raycons. I used them years before the ad came. I think it's two years now. And they're good. So anyhow, that's a kind of a miniature free plug for them. Raycon earbuds. With that said, shout-outs to uh, Scott Cavendish, Minnesota Wild Global. Patrick Turner, Minnesota Wild Nation. Um, Minnesota, uh, Locked On Minnesota Wild. Yeah, did a great job as well. Locked On Minnesota Wild. Yep. Um, deal in there. Um, uh, of course, MN Young Guns slash MNW Prospects, MNW Young Guns, uh, Pavel Bennett, Justin Bakke, Brandon Quast, uh, great guys, and keeping up with the prospects, and <laughs> Kaden Bankier guys, right? It's, it's got to be. The best prospect of the year, it's got to be him, right? Uh, if, if, you, if you're listening, let me know how you feel. I think we, I'd be surprised. I mean, uh, I'm sure you agree, but if you don't, it's okay. Maybe you think it's a yes, but Maybe. No. I don't know about that, but probably thank you. Uh, with that said, thank you again so much for listening to the show. Tell your friends about it. Don't be afraid to call in with an audio submission or give a positive rating. Um, 
I don't know if somebody gave like a mediocre meh rating this week. I don't know what the heck because things look a little different on there. Uh, they didn't write a review that I can see, but uh, sorry if you don't think this is the best, or th- this is a, sorry if you don't think this show is all that great. If if uh, if you want to, let me know what you'd like to see improved. Uh, maybe I need to be sharper, maybe this, maybe that, and I apologize. I'm going to try my best. That's kind of how I'm approaching things. Um, it wasn't a one-star rating or anything, but it looked like it might have been a three. So that's not helpful to a podcast at all. <laughs> but I'll take that over a, over a one, I guess. So with that said, thank you so much for listening. Have yourself a merry little postseason. Thank God there's other teams to watch, I guess, but some of you may not want to. With that said, take care, and we will talk to you very shortly. 